What is up, New City Church? Dude, that was some, that's powerful stuff. Pete's back in the house, y'all. Dude, it's like, it's like the whole family's back in there. You got the Seawassons back, man. You got like, what? I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going to get up here. What's that? Daniel be gone. That's right, man. He's back. Shoot. This is it's kind of it's kind of fun today, man. Welcome back, everybody. Good to see y'all. Good to see some new faces in this morning. If I, I think I got a chance to meet everybody. If I missed anybody, my name is Casey, one of the uh, pastors here at uh, New City Church serving alongside you. It's good to see some faces I hadn't seen in a bit, too. It's kind of neat. Great to see y'all. So I um, wanted to, uh, to just touch base with y'all. We are in a uh, series called uh, What Did Jesus Meme? If you don't remember, if you haven't been here for a little bit, uh, man, the whole idea of Jesus and, or, or the, the meme part, when the, somebody asked me about the sign, we had a group of Oklahoma folks uh, come up to uh, clean out our Loma Vista campus, and they came up, and one of the guys said, hey, what does meme mean? I, I was like, I, I, dude, I don't even know. Like, and, and what's funny is I didn't even know what to say. Like, how do you even explain what a meme is? So my, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of a, not really articulate, as some of you know. But I looked at the, I looked on Google, and I said, well, uh, this is what a meme is. So I had to read what Google, like, so I find out what a meme is. So basically, a meme is a picture with a saying. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's thought-provoking, that kind of thing. Uh, I've got a few here I want to share with you, and we've got uh, uh, contests we've got going on. The first one is uh, this meme, me trying to find where the Bible says, like and share, and God will bless you. Yeah, you get one of those, uh, all that kind. This is, uh, next one's kind of a dad joke. Uh, need an ark? I know a guy, right? Um, and this is, actually, I love this one. This is my, probably one of my favorites. It's uh, when people talk about our social media stuff, uh, our followers on social media. It's okay, I lost some followers today too, right? So it's kind of a kind of one of those deals. Now, here's the thing too. Uh, last week's winner, we had uh, a contest winner, was this. Uh, it's okay, guys, I ordered fish on Prime Day. So that's... Uh, that's pretty fun, too. So some of you guys get this. Some of them are like, I have no idea what Prime Day is. So like, like well, uh, we'll Google that, too, man. You'll find out. So it's kind of neat. So, But today's message is uh, we're continuing in. Oh, yes, thank you. We have uh, This is the contest for this. Everybody get a uh, blank card in your uh, bulletin. If you want to uh, put that on there as well, that would be awesome. So, but, uh, so to get your juices flowing, your creative juices flowing, by the way, put those cards in the meme bucket in the back so we'll make sure we get those in. Um, but to get your creative juices flowing, to kind of think about different memes, uh, today we're going to be talking about where Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount talked about be- telling the truth, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. And so here's a couple of memes that kind of related a little bit to that if you're a Seinfeld fan. Uh, it's not a lie if you believe it, right? And so, uh, second one is if you're a fail, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Elf, right? You sit on a throne of lies, right? Which is an awesome, um, sorry, man, second service, laugh like crazy. You guys are like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and I love this, Morgan Freeman. Said, I know you're lying, but I'll, I'll let you finish telling it, right? <laughs> love that too. And so, and if you're an Office Space fan, yeah, if you could just go ahead and stop lying, that would be great, right? And so, uh, yeah, I like those, and those are cool, those are fun. But man, here's the deal. Like, Jesus was, 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 was really emphatic about something on the Sermon on the Mount. Now, keep in mind, his Sermon on the Mount was his very first recorded public ministry sermon. If he did any others before this, it's not recorded. So this is usually identified as his 
his, uh, his first public sermon to a crowd of people. And man, he laid it down. He dropped truth bombs down, right? And so he started saying things like, you've heard it said, don't commit murder. But I say, uh, if you have anger in your heart towards someone, it's, uh, you're guilty of that. And so a lot of people think Jesus actually simplified things. Jesus actually comes on the scene and brings the challenge to a higher level because it's no longer an external type of, uh, okay, I can't kill anybody, okay, I can't steal, okay, I can't uh, you know, lie, those kinds of things. And it always becomes a matter of the heart. Right, So he says, if you have murder in your heart, if you have anger in your heart, if you have lust in your heart, those are the things that he's talking about. And over and over and over, he says those things. Establishes his authority on the Sermon on the Mount and says some wild stuff that brings challenge to us as believers that it has to be a matter of the heart, not external deeds. One of the things that is, it's not even a pet peeve of mine. It's something I've learned over, over the years, and I, I tend to overly correct it because I know what people are saying. But here's what I want us to avoid the language of saying. I do what, uh, what I do because the Bible says so. That's kind of, uh, now, now before I get a bunch of emails and people start tweeting, man, this dude said in the Bible, no, don't, don't be thinking like that. Here's the thing. Like, I don't want us to go into our life of our Christian walk saying, I'm going to do this because the Bible says so. I'm not going to murder because the Bible says not to murder. I'm not going to lie because the Bible says I'm not supposed to bear false witness. I'm not going to commit adultery because the Bible says I'm not supposed to. Um, here's, the, here's the deal. I want you to understand this, is that we don't commit murder. We don't take someone's life, not because the Bible says so, because God is life. Amen? We don't steal, not steal, not because the Bible says don't steal. We don't steal because God is our provider. Amen? Who's with me, New City? We don't commit adultery, not because... Not because the Bible says so. We don't commit adultery because God is faithful, ultimately. Like this is a, it's his nature that is in us and, if, and it must come from within, not an external uh, obedience to the scriptures. Does that, does that make sense? And do we all fall short of God's glorious ideal? Absolutely. And we talked about that last week with his grace. But I don't ever want us to go, well, this is what the Bible says, so this is what I got to do. No, no, you get to do because this is who God is and he's in you and, and you're in him. Amen? Like, I love that, man. Like, that whole perspective changes when we start stop, when we stop saying because it says it in there. Now, it's true, absolutely, but this, that we've got to be thinking, like we talked last week, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and that word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and he was full of grace and full of truth. There was a balance there, right? And so if that's who we are and he's in us and we're in him, we're just, it's just, uh, it's just who we, what we do so we, we it's like lying just doesn't feel right and here's the thing about lying and the truth and those kinds of things man like like the world like people that are unbelievers and i will say even folks that are in the church a lot of times will tell a little lie here and there to try to get like like, like smooth things over grease whatever we've got to grease to get where we want to go and man that's never god's plan let me read to you what jesus said in matthew 5 starting in verse 33 
says, again, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. Now, there's a lot of Hebrew and Jewish tradition in here, that kind of thing we could go into, but I want to make sure we understand what Jesus is saying. But I tell you, and this is where he establishes authority, and I love this, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven because it is God's throne or by the earth because it is his footstool. It's like, it's God's throne. Why would we put that up as collateral, right? Or by Jerusalem because it is the city of the great king. Neither should you swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black. And some of us have whiter hair than blacker hair, you know. Some people are looking at my hair like, man, you ain't got no room, bro. I think some just for men is in my uh, stocking for Christmas. It's just a request. Um, I'm just saying, um, but neither should you swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black. It ain't yours to begin with. It belongs to God, amen? But let your word yes be yes and let your word no be no. Anything more than this, this is, this is a very radical statement. Anything more than this is, is from the evil one. Here's what I want us to be thinking about. Have we ever lied? Yeah. Have we ever said something that we didn't mean? Yeah, absolutely. But here's what I want us to do. Uh, Be thinking like this in this terms. This whole idea of yes being yes and no being no means that what we're doing is relying on God to guide us wherever we go and all we do is tell the truth. Like what would happen if we actually lived like that? Here's what I want us to be thinking of. There is only one reason to say yes when you mean no or no when you mean yes, and that's self-preservation. That's to make sure that you don't get into trouble or, or it makes it easy for yourself or you do something like, like, like you want to achieve something that where you want to do something and kind of circumvent God's plan for that because God has nothing to do with lies. That's the enemy's job. Amen? Are we with me on this one? You get me on that, right? Like, this is where we've got to be thinking. Like, there's only one reason. And now, there are, I did have somebody correct me and say, hey, what if the Nazis were at your door and you're protecting somebody and that kind of thing? I said, well, if the Nazis are ever at your door and everything like that, give me a shout and I'll bless the lie, you know, whatever. <laughs> but understand, so there are times we are in a fallen world. I get it. If somebody, if I had a buddy of mine in my basement and somebody was coming to try to kill him, I'd be like, no, nah, I ain't seen him, bro. I get that. I'm not advocating lying, but here's the thing I want us to be thinking about. We are in a fallen world. Yes, I get it. We are falling short of God's glorious ideal. There's grace there. Absolutely. But what if we lived our lives in such a way that when we said we were going to do something, we did it? Man, like, like we said, we're going to be someplace at a certain time and we were there, like, that would be amazing, right? And I'm not getting on to you guys for being late to stuff or anything like that. I'm just saying the world tends to have this culture where other people's time is not as valuable as mine because I'm me and I've got to look out for myself and I've got to look out for number one and all that kind of stuff, man. But, but in our world, we consider others as better than ourselves. And we actually do what we say we're gonna do. And we let our yes be yes and our no be no. I had a Christian brother of mine, and this, this is no joke, very recently, do something that I, I just, I, I haven't even had a chance to talk to him yet, but it's been so recent. But he, he comes and, and, and he says, I'm going to be here at a certain day. 24 hours later, I get a phone call. I say, hey, man, I'm on my way. And I'm supposed to meet him here, right? Like, I'm supposed to meet him at this particular place. And he says, I'm going to be here on a day. 24 hours later, do it, I'm on my way. 
oh, okay, I didn't hear from you, bro. I, I, I don't know. So how long is it going to be before you get here? It'll be about an hour. Two hours later, still no show. Hey, have you, are you coming? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm actually right around the corner. I'm almost looking at the place. 45 minutes later, I'm gone. At some point, guys, and this is to uh, one brother to another, and at some point we've got to look at this and go, you know what? Man, we've got to set ourselves apart. If yes means yes and no means no, that means we are people of our word, people of integrity, representing Jesus well. Amen? I want us to be thinking like this in some, some different ways, man. And I want us to be thinking about, like, what would it look like? Because the only reason is that we're going to, because, I mean, if somebody says, I'm right around the corner, I'll be right there in less than a couple of minutes. And 45 minutes later, there's only one reason they're thinking, I don't want to make you mad, so I'm going to tell them something. Dude, I'm probably going to not be happy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kind of wild. What if we showed up on time? What if we did what we say we're going to do? No one would call us hypocrites and here's what would happen too it would be so much easier for us to evangelize the lost when people said you know what i don't understand those christian people but they do what they say i don't understand those christian folks but man when they tell me they're going to do something they do it. it's weird man the rest of the world's looking out for themselves they actually care about me like, like that's that's wild it's so much easier and i will tell you this the opportunities have never been greater because we live in a world that is full of lies that where people are looking out for number one, if they got to say yes when they mean no, and if they got to say no when they mean yes, just to get ahead and those kinds of things, it's cool, that kind of thing. I mean, I got to look out for number one. I got to chase the America dream. I got to get what, what's mine. I got to provide and all that kind of stuff. They may even put a spiritual spin on it, right? I got to provide for my family because I'm the head of whatever, right? All that kind of stuff. And when we are pursuing and knocking down doors that God has closed for us in order to get ahead and we circumvent the truth and we say, well, yeah, when we need, no. And we say, no, when we mean, yeah, we're taking, trying to take control of our own lives when we've got to submit to the control of God. He has all the power. We have a whole lot less than he does. He has the power to make things happen. What would happen, guys, if we lived our lives in such a way that we didn't have to impress others or try to get ahead or achieve an American dream or anything like that, and we actually said yes and meant it and actually said no and meant it. And when we said we were going to do something, we, we did it. I'm not saying, again, not trashing you guys, but, but I want us to be thinking about the rest of the world that doesn't know Jesus. What, how would that set us apart? And how much more would people want to be a part of what we're doing? It's incredible. How would our lives be different if the pressure to succeed and our desire to get ahead and our motivation to achieve and was not based on what man says is good and what man says is right or the American dream, but what God says is good and what God says is right? What if we fully relied on God to lift us up in his time rather than kicking down the locked doors of life trying to achieve and get ahead of God? What would our lives be like differently? First Peter 5 Peter writes to the early church, says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's actually Proverbs 3.34. And he says, goes on, he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, so that he may exalt you, not so that we'll exalt ourselves. Now, I'm not saying ambition is sinful. I'm not saying success or, or, or material wealth is sinful. That's not biblical at all. So don't hear me beating you up, man. If you got a lot of money, you're going to hell. No, it's not like that at all. No. 
But if we're trying to achieve something on our own and we're not guided by God, guys, the temptation to achieve those things can be twisted. And we might say yes when we're supposed to say no. We might say no when we're supposed to say yep. We might say, yeah, I'm going to be there at a certain time. And we're like, ah, it's all right. They'll figure it out. I ain't coming. God, I got something more important to do. This doesn't happen like that, right? It's amazing. Matthew, Jesus says in Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, says, come to me, all, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How many of us need rest? How many of us have adrenal glands that are fried? How many of us are having trouble sleeping because we got so much pressure going on us and we're trying to achieve some stuff that God never intended for us to achieve? Guys, I want to let you know there is relief for you and, and it can start today. But you may have to unravel some stuff in your life and re-engage with what God has for us to do. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is light. But ultimately, we've got to be strapped up and, and yoked up with Jesus, doing his work in his way and his pace, not trying to get ahead of him and not trying to get behind him because laziness ain't cool either, right? And selfish ambition ain't cool either. Even though the world pats you on the back and says, man, wow, you really did some cool stuff. If God's looking at you going, bro, I had not, that is not what I had for you, man. We're in trouble because God's God and, and, and we're not. Jesus goes on to say, and I say that some of this whole idea of, of putting God right where he's supposed to be, like letting God consume us and, and not getting ahead of God is outlined in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. So let's go through Matthew 6. I want to help us understand what Jesus says. And I think he says a lot of this stuff in context. He says in Matthew 6, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people. Now, a lot of people just stop it right there and they'll think, well, I'm not supposed to pray in public. I'm not supposed to do anything in public, talk about Jesus in public. No, but the motivation here to be seen by them, right, is a whole lot different. We want to be noticed by God, man, and we want to be glorifying God. If we do things like that, okay, we got to pray in, 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 in a restaurant because I want people to see me praying because I want people to think I'm a spiritual guy, right? It's not what Jesus wants at all. It's a matter of honoring him. Be careful not to practice our righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you. Da, 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 going to feed the homeless. Woo! Let's go. Selfie. Instagram, right? I'm not saying don't put Instagram stuff on there. I'm just saying, if you're doing it to be seen by people, man, it's not what God wants. He's saying, do it for his glory. To be applauded by people. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Look how spiritual those people are. They're awesome. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you, your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Just do what you do, right? Guided by God. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Keep in mind, all this is a matter of the heart because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. 
See a pattern here? To be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to the Father who is secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the the idolaters since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. If I just keep, 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 keep talking, right? I'll be able to penetrate this door that's closed for me. Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our, there's an impressive word there, isn't it? This is a collective prayer that we have together as a body of believers to, to the father. Our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, not, not my name, right? Your kingdom come, not my kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, our provision, right? And forgive us our debts as we have also, as also we have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Our protection, our provision, our guidance, our, our, our direction is all from God. This is, a, this, is not, this is the same story, the same reasoning for what he's saying before. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But, everybody say but. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Dang, that's tough, right? Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites. <laughs> I'm fasting for the Lord, everybody. For they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious. To people, I assure you, they've got their reward, and their reward is the praise of men. But when you fast, put oil on your head, take a bath, right? Wash your face so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is, who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is always a matter of heart and devotion to our Heavenly Father. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor what rust destroys and your th- and where thieves don't break in and steal for where your treasure is listen to this there your heart will be also if your treasure is in the american dream if our treasure is in the praise of men if our treasure is in the worldly satisfaction of the things that that we can get here and Forget about the things that are coming up in our, in our eternity. Guys, I'm telling you, our yes from time to time will be no. And our no from time to time will be yes. We'll say things we don't really mean in order to get that stuff. And this is why, this is why it's so important for what he says. There your heart will be also wherever your treasure is. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If you're looking at the world the way God wants you to look at it, it's going to be good. If you're looking at the world the way man looks at it, it's not going to be good. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can be a slave of two masters since either he will hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and money. There's a reason he's saying these things in context. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. Don't they, they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more 
did they? Can any of you add a single cubit of his height or some translation, a single hour to his life? I love this question. Can any of us add a single bit of health or wealth or anything to our life by worrying? Woo! That's a great question, right? That's something that ought to penetrate our soul. Why do we worry? Guys, I'm not perfect in this, but it's a pursuit of this lack of worry. It's a pursuit of what God wants, man. It's a pursuit of his consumption of me so that I don't have to sit there and go fret and worry and, oh, man, what are we going to do? And then, Man, it's not about any of that stuff. Lost my place. Yeah. And why do you worry about clothes and learn, learn how the wildflowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spend thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, historically the richest man to ever live in all his splendor, was adored like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? Man, this is his first sermon. Public. He's calling people out. Like he ain't playing no games. He ain't easing into nothing, right? He's like, hey, look, yeah, you're lacking faith. And I love that. So don't worry. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for the idolaters eagerly seek all these things and they let their yes be no and they let their no be yes and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Do not worry. Do not kick the doors down that are closed to you. Let God do his thing. Let God open the doors. Let God reveal to you and to me all the different things he has for us. Let us take that rest in him that he's got this. And in 100 years, we're all going to be dead anyway. Who cares? But alive in Christ. Amen? Who cares? Who cares? Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And all God's people in the house said, amen. Powerful stuff. Sermon on the Mount is the bomb diggity, man. I'm telling you. It's amazing, amazing what Jesus comes out and says. And it's a radical departure from what many of us tend to do because our natural self goes toward the flesh, goes toward self-preservation, goes toward achieving something that, that everybody else says is the right thing to achieve. And if I got to say yes when I mean no and no when I mean yes, it'd be all right, you know? No, man. Jesus is saying being people of integrity. Do what you say you're going to do. Show up when you say you're going to show up. If something has to happen and something messes up, we actually call and say, hey, this happened, this messed up. Man, be that kind of person that people say, you know, I don't understand their faith. I don't understand their Jesus. But you know what? That person is a person of integrity. That person, when they say they're going to do something, actually do it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's incredible, right? I love that. And let God's provision and direction for our life wash over us till we never have to say no when we mean yes and yes when we mean no. Amen? Father, we are, thank you number one, for your provision and your direction and your protection and your guidance. Thank you for the fact that you send your son full of grace and truth. So when we are not very graceful, Lord, you can provide the truth that helps us there. When we are 
lacking in truth in a particular area of our, of our lives, Lord, you, you find the grace to guide us along in that too. And we thank you for that, Lord. I'm still amazed, Father, how much you love us. I'm still amazed that with all of the faults that I have personally, I don't know about anybody else in here, but I got a ton. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that you love me and I'm amazed that you love us as a, as a body of believers. I'm amazed at the hand, the guiding hand, the favorite you've given us as a church. It's incredible. May we never take it for, advantage, take it for granted or ever real, like, think it's not something very special. You're special, Lord, but what you've done here is incredible and we thank you for that. But Father, here's the thing. We've got um, several things that are happening here uh, this afternoon. I ask that you guide us in the training of how we connect with other people and how we call other people and care for other people and pray for other people. As we do this this afternoon, start this this afternoon, Lord, may you guide us, have your Holy Spirit fill us. And Father, as we uh, take offering today, may you bless the offering. Amen. May you never be satisfied with the amount, I don't care how much it is, because you've got cattle on a thousand hills. It all belongs to you anyway, God. And may you be satisfied not with the amount, but with our hearts. And may we take our offering, bless it, and make it, put it to your use. Multiply it, Lord, in only way you can. We ask these things in your son's precious and holy name. Everybody in the house said,